Good morning and welcome to Wednesday here on Roadmap to Heaven. It is Wednesday, January 17th. I'm Adam Wright and it's good to start the morning out with you. Let's begin with our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope you are having a beautiful morning. The sun's starting to creep up over the horizon as I look out the studio window. It's a nice, balmy 11 degrees outside, which who would have thought we'd be saying, yay, 11 degrees. We got into the double digits. This is a good day. Here we are, you know, but here we are, and it is a good day. We have some great stuff for you on the show today. Today, we have an interview with Camille Pauly of Respect Life University and Healing the Culture I'm excited to tell you about how I got connected with Camille, but I'm going to save that for later in the show. So that's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. But before we go to any of that, let's go to Saint of the Day. Today is the feast day of Saint Anthony of Egypt. Born in Egypt around 251, both his parents died when he was in his late teens. He was inspired by the advice Jesus had given to a wealthy young man seeking heaven. Go. Sell what you have, give to the poor, then come follow me. And that is exactly what Anthony did, giving away some of his land to his neighbors, selling the rest, and giving all of the proceeds to those in need. Anthony had heard about St. Paul the Hermit, who was living in the desert, and went to see him. For the next 15 years, he worked several humble jobs, including being a shepherd, while learning from Paul, and eventually Anthony himself became a hermit. He was hated by Satan, who tortured him relentlessly and even beat him at one point, leaving him so battered he needed the help of local villagers to recover. But Anthony began to attract followers, and when he was in his mid-fifties, finally gave in to request for him to build a community, allowing a series of small cells to be assembled, but rejecting anything that resembled a large or grand building. During the persecution of Decius, when Anthony was in his 60s, he fearlessly visited those condemned for their faith. In his 80s, he joined the battle against Arianism, and he is considered the first monk. Anthony died on this day in 356. St. Anthony of Egypt, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are happy to have with us on the show for the first time, Camille Pauly from Healing the Culture. And this is, again, you know, we had so many interviews from Seek24. This is one that is kind of the fruit of several conversations held near our booth on Mission Way. And we met some folks and they said, you need to meet Camille. And we were able to set it up. So, Camille, it's great to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. And I wonder if we could start, for those who don't know, by telling our listeners, what is Healing the Culture? Sure, Adam. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm glad to get to know you, too, as well. Um, Healing the Culture was founded by Father Robert Spitzer, um, great Jesuit philosopher, Catholic priest, back in 2003. And the purpose of the organization, it's pro-life, and we're educational, we're international, 
And the we feel a niche that is really was really missing from the pro-life movement, which was to help people understand the underlying philosophical um, arguments behind why we are pro-life in a way that would help people change, fundamentally change what they're li living for and what they're looking for. So we deal with questions of what is real happiness? How do you define freedom? What does it mean to have a human right? What is a human person? What are deep and, and lasting definitions of quality of life and success. And then we use that curriculum to move people into higher levels of understandings of those words. And then we build 10 principles of ethics, logic, and justice to form a pro-life position. So our organization is working really hard every day, K through 12, college and adult, to form people deeply in why they should be pro-life by forming them in all the underlying arguments before you even get to the pro-life position. Wow, that's incredible because, you know, how often do we talk about natural law and that our, our civil laws should reflect the natural law, but if we aren't opening our own hearts to what's in the natural law. What did God say? What what does God have to teach us about these moral issues? You know, we've been saying for the past few years here on Roadmap to Heaven that the, the most important work of the pro-life movement right now is the reaching out to hearts. And as you say, not just healing the culture, transforming the culture and opening our eyes to the realities of the dignity, the sanctity of human life. And that's what I love about what brings us together. You've got a new video series out from Respect Life University free videos for all yep. ages um, that defend life, and they help us have these conversations. And what I have to say, I was a little shocked by this, saying that we can have online conversation in a respectful and civil manner. And that's a pretty big step you're taking there, Camille. I think we, I think we can. It's hard for this generation to do it. Gen Z is an amazing generation. This is the generation that was born after 1996, um, the generation that grew up with, um, you know, they're digital natives is what they're called. So they have grown up with everything being digital and they've got the world at their fingertips, information at their fingertips. But the downside is that they can become very antisocial. They don't learn how to debate, how to have insight, how to investigate um, in order to solve a problem, to get information, to learn um, and to, you know, to win an argument or even to look at arguments from both sides. And so we've, we have a platform called Respect Life University on our website, healingtheculture.org. Respect Life University has videos for all ages, but this year we focused really hard on that Generation Z audience. And we created a series called Forbidden Discussions, because a lot of these discussions are forbidden in that age group. You don't have discussions or debates about abortion or euthanasia or, you know, stem cell research because the truth has already been decided for you. It's already being crammed down your throats in your high schools and your colleges and universities. And there's no debate to be had. Why would you even have a debate? And so what we're doing is showing kids, you kind of need to talk about this and you kind of need to debate and decide for yourself if what's being thrown down your throats in your universities is actually the truth. Um, and so we're trying to teach them to think for themselves and not just teaching them to think for themselves, but how to think for themselves, which the universities and high schools are not doing anymore. Teaching them to think is teaching them what to think, but not teaching them how to think. And that's what Forbidden Discussions does. I love that. And, and I love the provocative title to say Forbidden yeah. Discussions, because immediately <laughs> my kids will be like, well, why can't we talk about that? And the reality is actually you can and you should. So when we look at this series, and you already said Gen Z, the, the digital natives. Um, for those of us who have those kids, 
Can you remind us, what is that age range when we talk about Gen Z? What, what are we specifically targeting here with this video series? Well, Jen, the, age, the exact age range is being somewhat debated, but it's anywhere, I like the, the line drawn, anywhere above seven years old up to about 24 years old is Gen Z. And predominantly when people talk colloquially about Gen Z, they're talking about high school, college age kids, um, young college age kids. Um, so the kids who are in college right now or in high school right now, that's your Gen Zers. And these kids are confused. They're very confused. They're confused about gender. They're confused about sex. They're confused about religion. They're confused about their identity. They're, they're even confused about what it means to be a human person. They are, they are ultimately a very confused generation. And so in order to unravel for them the lies that the culture is telling, we have to first build up a philosophy of what you really are. What does it mean to be a human person? So we start at the bottom and we define a human person, something that the pro-life movement has not really stressed. We'll show, we, we're really good at showing the pictures. We're really good at the practical arguments. We're really good at the intervention, but we haven't been as good as at giving a philosophical definition of what it means to be a human person in the first place so that Gen Zers can look at it and say, is it logical and consistent to to assume, to, to say that the unborn child is a full human person. So what we've done in this series, I love this, Adam, we, we take a young woman, Gen Z age, and a young man, Gen Z age, um, Isaac and Finley are their names, and they debate the issues, but they switch sides. So they're forced to take an issue, take a look at it, argue it, and then in the next episode, they take, an, they take the opposite position. And so they it really teaches kids how to look at hard issues like abortion, um, from both sides and then go beyond just, well, the statistics say this, well, I heard that, but actually go deeper into, okay, but what's logical? What makes sense? Where, where are you being inconsistent? Where have you committed a logical fallacy, right? And so that's what the these arguments are doing. It's not just giving them pro-life argumentation very clearly, it's giving the pro-choice side to have a voice. So do you hear what's their best arguments? What, what, are, what is the best what they're putting forward? And then how do you argue against that? How do you notice the logical fallacies? How do you point them out? And how do you do it in a respectful manner that you're not just smashing each other over the head or, you know, turning off your Zoom <laughs> and not listening to each other? Yeah, I mean, the difference between, well, why why are you saying this? Well, because that's what I was told was true versus saying, all right, well, let's talk about this and let's point out here's right. the error in your argument. Um, and, and here's where that doesn't make sense to me. So here's where I have a question. And then in answering those questions, we get to some great truths. Now, I've taken a look at the first episode of this where they go back and forth on the beginning of human life and what happens at conception and what is happening in the womb. And I love that at one point the uh, young woman asked the young man a question. Well, how can you make that distinction based on this or that? I mean, would you make that distinction with someone outside of the womb? And he didn't really have an answer for that. It, it was putting some of the holes in the argument front and center so we can say, okay, well, this is, yeah, this. Now, reasonably, that is a great position, and I like the way you're arguing this here. Uh, yeah. As you look at these, you know, one of the things I, I would love to know is what's the reaction of youth? Because it's one thing for me to say sometimes, oh, I think my kids are going to really react well to this or they're going to get something out of this. They're going to engage with this. And then in practice, seeing what they actually react to and what they actually engage with. What's the feedback you're hearing on this work that it you've done? It helps a lot that the young people are their own age. Um, they, you know, they want to hear what kids their own age are saying, and they want to hear it in their own language, the way they talk. Um, so that that has helped a lot. 
Um, but their reaction has been positive, I think, for two reasons. Number one, because it is, you know, Generation Z talking to Generation Z. Number two, because it uses the communication mechanisms that they're using. So these kids are debating online. Um, you know, they're debating over an online portal. Um, they don't see each other face to face. Um, they're using technology to talk to each other. There's animation that's intertwined with it that they use, that they make use of. And so that's kind of fun. I think another reason why we get positive results responses, though, is because the arguments that these kids are making are arguments that you typically don't hear. Arguments based in logic where they investigate each other. And they kind of like that. And they like the fact that we don't just give lip service to the pro-choice side. The pro-choicer really is thinking, you know, what is the best argument? Um, what are, you know, what are they saying? What, what are most of them arguing? And then the pro-life side has to counter that. Um, so, so that helps a lot. It's not just presenting the pro-life side, it's showing both sides. And then you get to decide for yourself, which side you think is stronger. Inevitably, when we have something like this, the kids are going to have questions at some point. And I'm hoping that, that, you know, my kids would always feel comfortable coming to me or to my wife and saying, mom, Dad, we didn't understand this. We think we understand this. We have some follow-up questions. And I know a lot of us, we choose to say, listen, if you're going to be online, we're going to moderate your online uh, video watching in this case. And we might be there to hear what's being presented, hear what's being argued, and, and certainly check it out in advance. But what resources are there for parents, whether it's we're watching the videos with our kids or we're having them watch them so they can be comfortable and then come to us with questions? And we might be saying, all right, those are good questions, but I'm not quite sure how to fully answer that. Yeah. Well, I think for parents who want to be there for their kids and want to be able to provide the answers, the first thing you need to do is educate yourself. So Respect Life University has all the tools that you would need to do that. You can watch these videos, Forbidden Discussions. We have another series uh, called Super Shorts, where it's pro-life short animated features on different issues. Um, there's another series called Pathfinders that deals with all the hard issues. You know, what about rape and incest? What about life of the mother? What about destructive stem cell research? What about children with disabilities? Those are the questions that become very difficult to answer. So once you have the philosophy down, that's one thing to be able to explain what is true happiness and what is true freedom and what is real quality of life. But then when somebody comes to you and says, okay, but what about a child who's gonna be born into the world with a severe and profound disability and be suffering for his whole life? Wouldn't it be better off if he had never been born? You would need to be able to confidently answer those kinds of questions. And so these tools that we've provided online are short, some are three minutes long, some are 90 seconds, you know, some are five minutes, nine minutes that help you understand clearly how to articulate the answers to those kinds of questions. And then you can sit down. We have a whole series of videos for kindergarten, like I said, all the way through college. Uh, we've got Philo and Sophie, which is a program for little kids as young as kindergarten. We've got, um, you know, the super shorts animated, which are for high school kids. And then we've got forbidden discussions for the college kids, uh, high school and college, upper high school and college kids. So I'd say for a parent who really wants to answer, first get educated yourself and then use the tools we have. It's We've made it really easy. You know, you don't have to go through a, a curriculum and, and, you know, buy pieces. It's all free. It's all online. You're just watching this with your kid and then talking with them afterwards. Ask them, what kind of questions do you have about this? I remember the first time we were driving and we, we have some wonderful pro-life billboards here in the St. Louis area where we call home, but my oldest daughter looked out the window and she was able to read and she said, Daddy, what's that word? What's what's abortion? What does that mean? And, you know, I knew it was one of those conversations we were going to have to have at some point, um, but I wasn't 
you know, it's, it's not that I wasn't ready for it. I just wish she had maybe been a little bit older. But I think as parents, it's a great reminder for us that we have that responsibility. If we don't have these conversations, someone else is going to have them. And, and our children, yeah. are they going to be prepared for that? And that's what I love about this series is it can help prepare them with good sound logic, good sound science, good sound argument so that if they are in these conversations and we're not always going to be there as parents, we can know that they're prepared for them. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Camille, this is great. And I look forward to hearing more from Respect Life University and Healing the Culture. And, you know, I kind of wonder now that you've got this put together, what's going to be the next thing for Healing the Culture? Ah, we don't have a curriculum right now for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. So we are in the very beginning stages. We're creating a series called Jessica's Jam. It's going to intertwine. It's going to combine live actors with animated characters where they actually react, interrelate, um, and uh, and talk to each other in a kind of a fantasy world. And it's going to deal with some really tough issues, but we're going to do it in a way that doesn't destroy the innocence of kids who are still maybe a little bit too young to hear and talk about abortion. There are ways you can bring up abortion and talk about abortion without destroying their innocence and protecting that innocence, while at the same time hitting the arguments that the pro-choicers are going to be making and they're going to be hearing later on. So be on the lookout for that. We will be launching that at the end of this year. Uh, It's called Jessica's Jam, and uh, I'm really excited about it. We built our own film studio here in Rapid City And we've got a great crew assembled, and it's going to be a phenomenal production. It sounds great, Camille. Well, for our radio listeners who won't get the visual cues, our our listeners watching us right now in the video format get, can you tell us the website again for Healing the Culture and for Respect Life University? Sure. Sure. Healingtheculture.org. That's really the only one they need to remember is healingtheculture.org. And if you go there under the menu, there's Respect Life University right there. You just click on it, and it'll take you to all the different shows and programs that we have. And they're all free. Wonderful, wonderful. Camille, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Roadmap to Heaven today. We are going to take a break, but we will be back after this. I don't even like to think that we are halfway through the week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, but we are because I want this week to go on forever, and we're just a few days in, but we're talking about life-changing penances, and here with another penance for us is Patty Schneier. Well, I love the Sacrament of Reconciliation. That's the bottom line. I love everything about it, and I do realize that the penance is an important part, and the penance can be something so simple, but as we have been talking about, it's not just for that one time. It's not just for those penances particular sins, when you incorporate a penance, it can be life-changing. Now, today I want to talk about a penance that actually was quite humorous, and sometimes I think that God has the best sense of humor, and he can reveal it through the penance that we receive in confession. So this happened about seven years ago, but again, I remember it. I remember it. I went to confession, and I remember confessing things that I had said in particular to my husband, Larry, and about how I had probably taken him for granted, or I hadn't been a very good wife lately. Things of that sort. And for my penance, Father Dave said to me, why don't you just bake Larry some chocolate chip cookies? And I remember saying to him, oh, Father, you have no idea what you are asking. You see, I can cook for a crowd. I can throw together a meal in an instant for a dinner party, but I cannot bake a decent chocolate chip cookie to save my soul. My family makes fun of me. I've tried everything. I've called my mom. I've asked for her secret. I've talked to family members. My cookies are awful, and I just don't bake cookies. I don't. I never bake chocolate chip cookies, never. So I thought to myself, okay, I will try. I will try. 
So I went home because I thought, I have to do this. This is my penance. He told me to bake Larry chocolate chip cookies. They were the best cookies I've ever baked in my life. I even took pictures of them and I texted them to my kids and I said, this is a miracle. Best penance ever. So here's what I want to say to all of you. First of all, just smile when you receive your penance and know that it was handpicked just for you. And if it's something that you don't think that you can do, believe it or not, God will give you miraculous grace to do that very penance, even in something as so simple as baking chocolate chip cookies. It was just one of those funny, humorous things in our life, but he really had no idea that this was such a joke in our family. I love God and I love his sense of humor. As do I, and I love today's Daily Dose of Encouragement. As we wrap up the show today, we have a few reminders we'd like to share with you. Attention men! Attention men! Today is the final day for early bird pricing for the Archdiocese of St. Louis Catholic Men for Christ Conference. That conference will take place one month from today on February 17th. It's a Saturday. And if you register today, you can register for $30 instead of the normal price of $40. That $30 includes all of the conference programming, lunch, and parking. Again, Catholic Men for Christ will take place on Saturday, February 17th from 8.45 a.m. through 4 p.m., at in the Psy Commons at St. Louis University High School, very convenient to Kings Highway and Highway 40 or Highway 44, or you can come from Hampton Avenue. It's uh, pretty easy to get to. There's plenty of parking. It's a great space and a wonderful conference. Dr. Edward Shree from the Augustine Institute will be one of our keynote speakers for the day. He's an author. You've heard him here on the show. He's one of the founders of Focus, which we've been talking about so much recently and uh you know like i said he's just a great guy you're gonna you're gonna love seeing dr shree and then uh you also are gonna hear from pete burak from the from renewal ministries we've had pete on the show before i look forward to having him there father anthony wick is going to be our third speaker and sean feltz will be leading us in music throughout the day archbishop rzanski is coming to celebrate holy mass it will be a great day. So I hope you can join us for that. Go to catholicmenforchrist.org. That's catholicmenforchrist.org for more information or to sign up. Also in the St. Louis metro area, tomorrow night, January 18th, is the 2024 Archdiocesan Young Adult Pro-Life Holy Hour at the Cathedral Basilica, sponsored by Anima Christi and the Respect Life Apostolate. There will be a pro-life witness talk. Eucharistic Adoration, the Holy Rosary, and the Sacrament of Reconciliation will be available. So young adults, be sure to check that out. And then I want to invite everyone, and we said this on Monday, but I I just want to reiterate this as we go throughout the week. We are in the nine days of prayer for pro-life and uh, leading up to the National Day of Prayer for Legal Protection of the Unborn. Let's spend some extra time in prayer over these next few days. Can you make it to your parish's Adoration Chapel? Can you go to Mass, not just Sunday Mass, but can you get to Mass a couple of days this week to pray for this intention? Can you pray the rosary together as a family for the unborn? Can you pray the rosary with friends for the unborn? Think of the the many different devotions we could pray together. Can you do some fasting and penance for the souls of the unborn that have been lost to abortion? Can you fast and pray 
in reparation for this tragedy, this this great tragedy of abortion? These are all questions we should be asking ourselves, not uh, will we do something, but what can we do? And so what are you going to do? You've got a, a couple days to decide. You could start today. You, many of you have started already. But what's something you can do? Some fasting, some penance. Plus, this is a great way to get ready for Lent because these are not exclusively Lenten things, but they are 100 percent for sure Lenten things. And Lent's going to be right around the corner. February 14th is not that far away. We're less than a month out. And as uh, we like to say, we're in the preseason right now. Just as pitchers and catchers will be reporting before we know it to get ready for spring training so that they can have spring training to get ready for the regular season, well, it's time for Catholics to report for duty. It's time for us to report for fasting and prayer to get ready for the season of Lent so that we are ready to go. Speaking of which, it's not too early to start thinking meaningfully about what will you do this Lent. We're less than a month out. What's your penance going to be this Lent? Are you going to make it a good one? To all the men out there doing Exodus 90, uh, keep praying for us. We're praying for you. We love the witness you are very quietly giving to the importance of these things, and stick with it. You can do it. You're doing great things. Uh, Keep at it. Let's pray, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again, thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this Wednesday morning. It's going to be warmer today than it has been all week, so enjoy that before the cold temperatures come back tomorrow. Soak in a little bit of the sunshine and breathe some fresh air outside. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.